Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Found dead on the beach, police say she died of suicide. But her family thinks someone out there knows what happened. What do you do when in your heart you don't believe your daughter could take her own life? But investigators won't listen and facts are more than mysterious. Today we're covering the Scottish case of Annie Borjesson. I'm Ben, and you are listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Welcome. What's up? We're here. And I'm falling asleep. Ben is so freaking tired that I don't even know if he's going to make it through this podcast, to be honest. I don't know what's with me today, but I'm just like, I could curl up in a ball for about a week. You're literally a bump on a log right now. Pretty much, pretty much. But I'm going to survive through this, I think. I got it. You're, you're going to just have to. You're going to just do it. Well, then tell me a story and keep me awake. Uh, well, something exciting is that it's rum and eggnog season. Oh, okay. That is exciting. That is freaking a good season. You made me my first rum and eggnog yesterday, which yeah. was delicious. And I went through a phase, remember, where I didn't drink eggnog? Yeah, you thought eggnog was like horrendous. And I, I was like, Why that's was that? what the fuck? I feel like I might have gone ill or something. Maybe. Or drank a bunch and then got sick like a flu or something. And then, yeah. But then I was like, no, you need to add rum to it. And you're like, oh, I can hop on this bandwagon. It's actually good. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was doing almond nog, which is just not the Ugh. same. It's not the same. No. I'm sorry for all you dairy intolerance people. I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. And we have to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit behind it's, now. We're but late, but happy belated Thanksgiving. Yeah, to all our our southern brethren down there. Yeah, and then it was Black Friday, and it's Cyber Monday, and I just looked, and I have a serious problem. Yeah, you do. I apparently am subscribed to so many things that I got fucking like 125 emails today on Cyber Monday, which is a problem. That is a serious problem. And honestly, I'm not surprised. That is a problem. You need to fix that. You got some unsubscribing to do. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing after this podcast because that actually <laughs> makes me like slightly ill. Yeah. And I didn't even buy anything today. So it's not like I need any of those. I bought something today. I bought stuff on Black Friday, but I didn't buy anything today. Well, I, I, I didn't buy Black Friday stuff. I did buy one thing today. What did you buy? 
a teeny tiny poinsettia. Mm. <laughs> okay, we'll actually have to post a photo because we have, um, like last year we had a mini Christmas tree just on our counter. And this year we up-leveled and have also have a mini Christmas tree and a mini poinsettia. And yeah. it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. It's like the most tiny home appropriate <laughs> decorations I've ever seen. It actually it is, is. It makes me so happy. So happy. Yeah, we're getting festive up in this biatch. <laughs> That's got to wake your ass up. Getting festive? Yeah. I mean, as long as Mariah Carey doesn't like boot me in the back, I think I'll slowly wake up. Oh, man. But then that would just actually, be like... I'd pay money to see that. Mariah Carey kick me in the back. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that would be such a sight. Wow. All right. <laughs> okay. We have one more topic to discuss. What's that one more topic? And you can, you can, uh, you can start this one. I don't even know the topic. Oh you got, my God. You got the notes it's today. It's the Wicked Boxes. Oh, right. The Wicked Boxes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we did a giveaway uh, a couple months ago on the Wicked Box. We mm -hmm. put together some cool stuff, you know, little box and did a giveaway. Yeah. It was, like a little it was quite a giveaway. Epic treasure hunt thing. Um, we're doing it again. Mm -hmm. Not just yet, but we're looking for around Christmas time. We're going to have two that we're going to give away this time. Yeah, so we've ordered some supplies for it. Yeah, and as of right now, we have absolutely no idea how we're going to give them away, so we got to start planning that out too. Mm -hmm. I yeah, don't know if we're going to go as quite in depth as we did before. That's what I was just going to say. Should we go in depth, or should we just like you know make it a bit easier? We'll figure it out. We could do one of each or something. We'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to let you guys know that that's coming down the pipe. We ordered some stuff for it the other day, and it's going to be pretty dope. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, everyone was pretty pumped. It was a cool box. It was filled with stuff I'd want, so. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want a wicked box? It sounds pretty wicked to me. Sounds dope. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got for a case for us today? Okay, so today we're talking about the mysterious death of Annie Boyesen. Dun, dun, dun. And I hope I am saying that right. I apologize to Annie if I'm not, but I'm not Swedish. And I did look it up. And that that's how I'm going to say it in my, my Canadian-American accent. You're, you're Canadian and American? I don't know what I am. Well, I mean, we technically are North American, so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just American has been the adopted nickname for the United States, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and a mysterious one it is. Like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. I do know a little bit about this case because I almost did it at one point. You did actually. Yeah. And then I stole it. Yeah. Thanks for Sorry that. Sorry about that. Sorry But about it's that. a good one. So, I'm, I'm going to buckle up my proverbial seatbelt here. And uh, click, I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm buckled in. So it's one of those stories that's going to stick with you. Every time something happens, it just leaves you feeling like there's no way things could get any stranger. Yet it does. Can you say it one more time? Just really relax that any time was okay. real like abrupt jump in. Okay. So just you're talking to me and you're just like, okay, yeah. Okay. Any, okay. So every time something happens in this case, it just leaves you feeling like there's no way Things could get stranger, yet it does. It oh, does. Interesting. It's it's wild. It's bizarre. No. Some of the stuff I do know about it, it is wild. It is bizarre. Yeah. But I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more to it that uh, that's going to blow my mind. I'm excited for this one. I think you'll learn some things. So Annie was born in Sweden in 1975. Uh, she was half Hungarian. At five foot eight, she had an athletic build and was a Swedish beauty. So she had blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay. I can like quite literally... Like picture her picture in my mind, actually. Yeah. And even before I had um, picked and researched this case, like I had recognized her photo too. Oh, you have seen her photo before? I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think it's like a fairly well-known case, really. It is. It's a pretty big one. Yeah. So, 
So she seemed to be an absolutely incredible person as well. She played in a band. She loved nature and being outdoors and absolutely loved rugby. Also, something that's super impressive in my books, she spoke a total of five different languages. That is boss vibes right there. Yeah. Holy shit. I can barely speak English. I know. I feel like around here we can barely speak one language, so I'm just like in awe. <laughs> um, it's actually my buck list one day to learn a second language, though. I think I would like to try that. Which language would you learn? I don't know. I'd have to pick one because I'd want to pick one and then go to that area and like, you know, practice it. But yeah. I mean, they'd probably be like, well. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, saying? if it's not your native language, it's not yeah. like you can just come up and roll out and be like, yo, I'm doing this flawlessly for the first time ever. It's not the expectation. Yeah. Sometimes I think like Spanish, but then I'm like, hmm, maybe something different. I don't know. What about you? Japanese. Okay. I, I was thinking yeah. you were going to say that, but I wasn't 100% certain. Japanese. Yeah. Really? Hey. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, I did I did martial arts as a kid, right. right? So there was that Japanese kind of culture behind the martial arts. And then I'm a big like anime fan. And I want to go to Japan one day and it's just, yeah, it's Japanese wholeheartedly. Boom. Done. Yeah. I would love to go to Japan too. Okay. So another big passion for Annie was Scotland. She spent a lot of time in Scotland in 2004 and absolutely fell in love with the country. That is also a place we would like to visit. Yes. She immersed herself in the country and got to know the people and the culture and also the countryside through her many long hikes around historical sites. Jealous. I want to do that. I know. Well, you have like Scottish in you. A little bit. Right? Yeah. Freedom. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Annie had, she had a tough time being able to get a permanent residency permit and had to leave Scotland in August of 2004. Annie didn't give up though. She knew without a doubt where she wanted to be, and she went back and forth between Scotland and Sweden a few times before she finally landed back in Scotland for good the next year in 2005. She made a home for herself in Edinburgh, and all that stood between her and knowing for sure that she could stay in the place that she had fallen in love was, of course, finding a job. Okay, I, I'm sorry. My I'm a little bit distracted because I, my parents had gone to Scotland before, and they. I know because I was like, did I say something wrong? <laughs> no, it's it's the way you said Edinburgh, and I'm trying to think. They said that they could. The people there, the the um, locals, knew that they were Canadian because of the way they said Edinburgh, and I'm trying to remember if it's because oh. um, anyone from the states says Edinburgh. I'm trying to. I'm not there, sure if they I, get it backwards. Or I not. did listen to something. And it, I can't remember what they said, but yeah, there was different, different and wrong ways to pronounce it. But I, th and I think it was Edinburgh or Edinburgh. I, I can't remember. I believe Edinburgh is the correct way to, to say it. There was two correct ways to say is it. Is there two? Okay. From what I saw anyway, but. Well, shit, anyone who's from Scotland or knows, <laughs> we, we need to know what's the correct way. What's the correct pronunciation? Is it Edinburgh, Edinburgh? What is it? Yeah. Are we just way off base here? And we're Maybe we're close? way off. Who knows? I I'm pretty sure it's Edinburgh. Okay. So back to Annie. She needed to find a job, right? You got to mm -hmm. make that cheddar, cheddar cheese. Annie kept at it, trying everywhere she could to find that last missing piece of the puzzle. But there's only so many hours of the day that you can dedicate to job hunting. Fair enough. And Annie wanted to make the most of every minute she had. I think we can all vouch 
basically how exhausting job hunting is. Like it actually kind of sucks. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> it's like one of the worst things ever. I feel like it's it's horrible. Yeah, I could literally have a billboard with three, four different job options in front of me and I'd be like, oh, I haven't found any jobs today. I do think writing the cover. Well, no, it's all just shit. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say that writing the cover letter is the worst, but also like the interview is pretty horrific too. Oh, I honest interviews are fucking bullshit. For the most part, they ask you the most ridiculous questions that don't pertain to the job usually and don't mean anything. People usually know what you're trying to ask them, so they'll just give you a false answer anyways. Yeah, well, and if you're good at thinking on like on your feet like that, yeah, you shouldn't so. lie. Don't listen to Ben's advice. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's good things about interviews. Don't get me wrong. You can definitely get a feel for a person, but you I mean, can a bit. someone can totally manipulate that whole system as well. Well, yeah, and then there's some people who are just really nervous and stuff, so their true colors won't be shining through, right? Yeah. So... So for the time being, she was able to collect unemployment from Sweden, though, which gave her a bit of breathing room in her new life. And when she wasn't busy looking for a job, you could usually find Annie in one of her many favorite spots, which were outside in the countryside, um, where she did all those long hikes around local historical sites and landmarks, right? Yeah, honestly, I thought that was like a cafe or something at first one of her favorite spots outside on the countryside like it sounded like a cafe name or something or like a little cottage place. yeah you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it took me a second to realize oh like no literally in the countryside or you could find her at the swimming hall where she regular regularly swam to keep herself fit or at the local rugby club Annie had a really big passion for rugby and spending time at the club gave her the opportunity to have a drink, unwind, and make friends with the locals. Nice. I like that she kind of seemed like she just like immersed herself. Yeah, she wasn't afraid to kind of go out of those boundaries. Yeah, and I really like that. So, and this ta tactic actually quickly paid off for her. Annie was kind and friendly, and before she knew it, she was getting invited to all sorts of events and parties and was making all sorts of new friends, even though she'd only been back in the country for a few months. Good for her. So good for Annie. Some, you know, the grass ain't always greener, though. Of course. <laughs> Here we go. Here's where the tables turn. My, how the turntables. Uh, I know. And I'm always like hesitant. I'm like, this sounds so nice, but we got to go to a dark place. So something wasn't quite right, though. And her friends and family were starting to pick up on it. She started to sound a bit troubled in phone conversations, saying she had to take care of something, had a decision to make that might be life changing. Oh, on Thursday, December 1st, she had a conversation with her mother who shared that her family was, you know, a bit worried and growing concerned about her. Mm -hmm. To which she responded, you'll have to respect this, but I have to take care of myself. That same night, Annie made a call to one of her friends in Sweden, telling her that she was heading out to a party later that night. She didn't give her a lot of detail other than she was really looking forward to it. They chit-chatted for a little bit before Annie said that she had to go go so that she could get ready for the party and the two hung up. But no witnesses ever came forward in regards to this party. And that was the last time Annie's friend or her family ever heard from her. So, so there's no witnesses to come forward from the party to saying she was there? That or there that was it, even a party. Or that it ever happened. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So unless no one just came forward but i yep, mean you think enough. someone would i don't know so because on december or sorry sunday december 4th a man out walking his dog on a beach 
and the Preswick Bay found the body of a 30-year-old woman. That woman being Annie. Annie. The police rushed to the scene to investigate, but it was quickly determined by them that Annie had committed suicide. I have a really bad joke I want to make. I don't think we should make a joke. No, I know. That's that's the thing. It's like I, I, all respect to Annie, but I also at the same time do hope that the police kind of ran up to her and was like, Annie, are you okay? Oh, are you okay? okay. Sorry. Okay. That's not as bad <laughs> no, as what you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually. Oh, poor Annie. Yeah. I feel so bad for her. I know. So after they went through the steps of identifying the body as being Annie, family back in Sweden got the call that their beloved daughter, Annie, was gone. That right there to me is like almost a reason to just never have kids because I couldn't imagine what kind of of like loss that feels to, to you. Having your child, like get that phone call that your child Holy has been shit. passed away. I just couldn't imagine. It's like take a knife, carve out your heart and stomp. Yeah. It. It's like, wow. Yeah. But I mean, what's the saying? Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Oh shit. You're getting deep on us. Right. Wow. Okay. I mean, someone actually said that quote to me the other day. <laughs> so that's why I was remembered of it because I was just like, God, like are animals even worth it? Because like, I'm still pretty upset about Mika, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so, and now we have Ripley and I'm like, God, I'm going to have to do this again. Like, is it even worth it? But it's totally worth it because to not love is, that's not a life. No, definitely not. So, so a loss and a sudden one, as in the case of Annie, are always a shock. But Annie's deemed suicide sent her family and friends into a huge state of disbelief. So much so that they actually called the police right away and told them that there was no way that Annie could have committed suicide. The police, however, disagreed. I'm curious on these details. There's a lot of details. It's this is yeah, I don't even know where I am in this case right now, but we're just getting started. So when investigators examined the scene and Annie's body on that cold December morning, they found everything they needed to rule it a suicide, in their opinion. She allegedly looked as though she had drowned, and her body was covered in sand and seaweed, telling investigators that she died at sea. She had an unexplained depression in the skin, small areas of bruising to the right temple, scratched abrasion on the left arm, and two patterned, roughly square, contused areas on the right arm. This is kind of like coming from the autopsy. Okay. But police believed these minor injuries suggested that she had been hit by things in the water and her body was dragged across the beach in the tide. Which, I mean, it could be. I'm wondering, I'm not too sure on how, like, the science of the body is, but I'm not certain on postmortem bruising. Yeah, you could tell. The thing is, like, you could tell if they were happened after or before. Yeah, right? I, know, I know someone would be able to tell. Yeah. Um, I'm also really leery about someone committing suicide by drowning. Not to say doesn't happen. Usually, if it's a water suicide, it's jumping off of something into the water. And it's the impact. So yeah. Was oh, there okay. And so was there... And then you think there'd be a marks. Yeah. More marks. Oh, yeah. That. No, once, yeah. once you jump at water from a certain height, it's like you're hitting concrete. You'd be breaking bones and shit. Mm -hmm. um, was there a location around, do you know, that would have been of heights that someone could have jumped off for suicide in a scenario like this? Not that I exactly know about, but I do mention here later, um, the investigators stuck to their theory that Annie had committed suicide either by jumping off a cliff 
or walking out into sea and drowning and they simply close the case. I can't see someone who went swimming for recreation to walk out to sea to drown. I can yeah. see someone who yeah. does not have swimming skills to do that. Because that's one thing, yeah. And the other, okay, I'm like going to be kind of going back and forth here because we're jumping ahead. But um, she had, like her belongings were very close to her body. Oh, okay, yeah. So like the fact that, she, say she jumped off a cliff, like there's no way that everything would just end up kind of in the same place. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going to go back to that swimming theory, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So there was a uh, an interview I w watched of someone who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Like the odds are, are stupid thin of that survival happening. And he said the moment he let go, he regretted it. Mm -hmm. He regretted jumping, but he survived. And anyone who survived something like that, they regret it the second they I think they a let lot go. of people do, yes. Like hangings and stuff. Yeah, 100%. And then they can't, they, can't, they can't fix what happened. Yeah. So I can't see someone with swimming skills going out into the water, just wading out from the beach, purposely drowning themselves because your reaction, potentially regret, instincts would cause you to start swimming to the surface and save yourself. I think the only way that, primarily the only way that would be a suicidal option is if someone doesn't have the skills to save themselves and they're in too deep and they can't, it's too late to turn back. But the other thing is the water would be hella cold too. But still, you'd probably have the opportunity to swim back. Yeah. And save yourself. So. Yeah. I mean, up here in Canada, we swim in hella cold water lots. Yeah. Like people do the polar bear dip. They jump in cold water and they turn around and swim back. No problem. I've always wanted to do that too, but I hate being cold. So yeah. I just don't think it's going to happen. For anyone curious in the polar bear dip, that's literally, they cut holes in the oh. ice in winter and you jump in and freezing water. And lots of times it's on New Year's Day, like yeah. January 1st. It's yeah. like how you're ringing in your new year. Yeah. Like so it's like minus 30 degrees Celsius in the air. <laughs> so not cool. Anyways, that's my rant on why I think she did not wade into the water. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what you think at the end of what happened here. Like mm -hmm. there's quite a few things. So um, one thing that I'm just backing up a little bit, she had an uncashed check for 300 pounds on her and most of her longing belongings, like I was saying, were either found on her or in her backpack, which had been washed up only a few meters away from her body, suggesting that this wasn't a robbery gone wrong, but also suggesting it probably wasn't her jumping off a cliff and all her belongings mm -hmm. just magically landing next to each other yeah they would have probably been still at the top of the cliff yeah like she would have like taken them off put them there or something or they would have been just scattered out in the water yeah one of the two exactly or left at her apartment or who knows where okay so because the investigators pretty much deemed that this was a suicide like right off the get-go really right yeah they did not call a forensic team to oh the scene they didn't interview witnesses and they just left it at that so there was a lot of things that they probably should have done or should have collected or but in their mind it's like they arrived and they just were like she committed suicide see an investigation should be issued to determine something like a suicide regardless yeah. of how obvious it looks because i mean lots of times as we know people are setting up other people or yeah or what right yeah. like there's no, that's the purpose of an investigation yeah. right to find answers especially when the family is just so adamant too but i mean if they didn't collect things right off the bat they before the family was even notified like what are they gonna do yeah 
Um, but Annie's family, in their gut, like I've been saying, did not believe Annie would commit suicide, and they couldn't shake the feeling that there was something else going on. They knew that Annie had planned on coming back to Sweden pretty close to the date that she had been discovered. She actually already had an appointment with her hairdresser for the following Monday, and it was sat sad or, or Sunday when she was found. Okay. So, like, Monday she had plans to get her hair done in, in Sweden. Huh. It doesn't sound like someone who's about to commit suicide. And she was found with um, books in her backpack that needed to be returned to a library in Sweden. And she had paid her rent. So none of that was consistent with someone who had planned on taking their own life or on their own life. And they told the investigators just that. Yeah. Right. Wow. But when they realized that Scottish police weren't going to look into Annie's case any further, her family and friends back in Sweden began looking into anything and everything that they could find to help explain what happened to her. And they had a pretty good idea of where to start. So just to briefly touch on that, though, um, I think it can often be a shock when a loved one does take their own life and it's not often expected, right? 100%. But then on the other hand, when you have a gut feeling you need to listen, you do need to listen to that. Mm -hmm. And they found many things that would question whether Annie actually committed suicide or not. And that's what I'm going to start touching on. Okay, let's hear it. I'm curious. So in the week leading up to her death, Annie had complained about meeting someone at the local rugby club who had rubbed her kind of the wrong way. She'd only met him a few times, but after each encounter, she'd later be on the phone either talking to her parents or her friends about this guy who just didn't want to seem to like take the hint that she wasn't interested. Gotcha. Yeah. One of those guys. One of those guys. Persistence. <laughs> Sometimes that does, it pays off. You have to do it in not a creepy ass way yeah there's there's a <sighs> there's a right and a wrong way to yes. have persistence there you go that's perfect way of putting it so the guy was martin leslie a pretty prominent rugby player from new zealand who was in scott who was in scotland to play a match with scotland i like how you said that <laughs> i know i actually pronounced that really weird but in i was just scotland like, scotland <laughs> i just changed the name of scotland sorry some people probably pronounce it like that potentially yeah so with everything we know about Annie, chances are she would have initially been really stoked that a professional rugby player wanted to buy her a drink. Like she had a type and like a rugby player would have been her type. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if a professional rugby player wanted to buy me a drink, I'd be like, dude, I mean, no homo, but let's do this thing. Oh my gosh. You'd be like, yeah, let's chat. Yeah. Let's hear your life story. I mean, I might be like, you know what? No homo, but I'll try anything once. So who knows? Wow. Says the married man. I mean, are, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. Let's just move <laughs> You're on right. Here. Sorry. <laughs> but that excitement changed relatively quickly to her trying to avoid Martin. She had told family and friends on the phone that he was really pushy and he kept trying to get her to drink even when she told him that she didn't want to and made it clear that she wasn't even interested in him. Yeah, he sounds like a douche canoe. Yeah, and he seemed to be somewhat stalking Anne. Oh. Because she would run into him around town, including the swimming hall one time when she was there like to work out. But she had never seen him there previously. Annie ended up telling her friend later that this guy was nothing but a sexual predator, Ooh. which are pretty big ass words. No kidding. So she did not get a good vibe from this guy. 
Wow. All right. These phone calls were among the first things that popped into Annie's family and friends' heads when Annie was discovered dead. To be fair, well, uh, if I may. Yeah, of course. Um, there, It could have very well been coincidence. Maybe he was just, hey, I need to work on my cardio and I should start swimming. Well, because he is from right? New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. So, so may, it could very well be coincidence. Yeah. Um, and maybe her perception of him is that he's a sexual predator, but where she's getting, she's going off her gut. Yeah. Maybe he's just trying to be nice, trying to be persistent, but he's just coming off creepy. Who yeah. knows, right? Which some people do come across creepy. Yeah. Without so, meaning to be. I'm not saying he wasn't a sexual predator. I'm just saying we don't know for sure. Right. Well, and I'm not throwing this guy's name it, like, what would we, to the ground? Have Dragging we, his name in the mud? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Because I'll, it, we'll just, just wait, okay? Okay. So they, the family, notified the Scottish police, telling them to look into Martin Leslie and saying that he could have had something to do with Annie's death and that he may have been stalking her and the place did agree mm -hmm. to like look into this. They went about asking in the places where Annie usually spent her time, especially the rugby club, looking for Martin Leslie. But they hit dead end after dead end until they decided that enough was enough and reached out to him through the contacts on his rugby team and their PR team in New Zealand. In almost minutes, investigators in Scotland were in contact with Martin, who simply shook his head and said that he was in New Zealand at the time he was allegedly stalking Annie. Oh. The investigators were able to confirm with his team that Martin had been with them this whole time and he was cleared of any suspicion. But this only left Annie's family and friends even more confused. So who was this douche canoe? Yeah. So he's just claiming to be this dude. Basically. Okay. I'm betting that he was, or whoever this is, was already eyeing up Annie prior to, learned her type, and yeah. approached her after weeks of already watching her. I think so, too. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, which I mean, so I guess she didn't actually know what he looked like or anything. Mm -hmm. What year was this around? Uh, 2005. Okay, so pre-most social media. Yeah. But I mean, here, just wait. So I'm going to touch on this a little bit here. They were all certain that Annie had spoken about meeting him. He'd given her details about his life, his family, and his career that all checked out with information that did fit the real Martin Leslie. Yeah, well, there there still was internet at this time. It just wasn't yeah. as prevalent, right? So this person had like research. And yeah. He was probably a fan of Martin Leslie himself, to be honest. Yeah. And it wouldn't be that hard to do a, a Google search and figure out who he was. And he knew that she was into rugby players, looked up who it was. Maybe he was a fan and knew exactly who he'd pick. But he did yeah. his research and was like, that's who I'm going to be. Yeah. For her. Which is wow. creepy as fuck. Wow. 
So according to the official timelines, there was no way that Martin and Annie could have ever met, especially in Scotland, Scotland, the assumed week. In Scotland. I keep saying that funny, hey? <laughs> it wasn't Scotland. that bad that time. Was Scotland. It? It's like, it's like Scotland. Newf Newfoundland in Canada. It's Newfoundland. But if you actually read it, it's Newfoundland. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but we say it Newfoundland. English is weird. See, anyone that has to learn English, I feel like, is just like. Fucked. Fucked. It's because like there are literally things said the same way, but spelled differently. Oh, yeah. Like it could be spelled three ways differently, but it's said the same. Yeah. Where are they? Oh, they're over there. And then you have to use them in different contexts yeah. like there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, now that's making me sweat. Yeah. Okay. So Whoever has to learn our shitty language, we are sorry. <laughs> it's a whole fucking gong show. It actually is. So Annie's family and friends were then left wondering if someone was lying or if there was maybe something else going on. And they became even more determined to get to the bottom of this story. Like, gosh, I couldn't even imagine. From across the seas, they all did their best to try and collect all the information they could about Annie's final days. But more often than not, they ended up hitting roadblocks and not in the places you'd usually expect to find them in any investigation. Like the road? Yeah. Because it's a roadblock? A roadblock. Sorry, bad I'm, pun. That was a bad pun. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know how to like make this seem funnier. <laughs> Sorry. That was what was going on in my head. How do I make Ben's bad joke seem funnier? You just like <laughs> cringed at me mid-podcast. Loved it. <laughs> oh, love you, babe. Love you too. <laughs> Okay, so hoping to prove and verify some of the calls Annie had made to them um, to talk about her life and the now unidentified man she met just the week before her death, her family reached out to her phone provider to get the information on her call history, but they got nothing. Instead, when they looked at the list of people that Annie had been in contact with that week, every single one of their names was missing which simply didn't make any sense. From her phone? Yeah, there was no record of phone calls. Okay, this was- It was the, wiped. This was through her phone or the phone company? Phone provider. Oh, wow. From Apparently. From provider. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Her family and friends knew for a fact that they had all been in contact with Annie several times that week, but the phone records were suddenly telling a very different story. Wow. Which is really messed up. That is fucking intense. Holy shit. Because okay. that would be like us phoning TELUS, and I think, basically, and them just having no record that we made any calls. Yeah. Or Shaw. Not to say that we use TELUS, because if TELUS wants us to say we use them, they'd have to sponsor us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, where are you going with this? <laughs> um, okay, where the hell am I now? Okay, so the Scottish police took a look at those phone records, too, and it did nothing to push them into investigating the case any further, of course, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't change their minds about determining Annie's death as suicide. And instead, they turned around and said that the data they had and the story Annie's family and friends were telling them didn't add up. Because apparently, to the phone records, Annie hadn't made or received any phone calls in the last three days leading up to her death. But the family would be able to provide their call history. And you would it. think so, right? Yeah. I don't know. But I think like the police were just like, it seemed like they're just not even, what's the word? Receptive? Yeah. They weren't even, they, they're they just like, care? this case is closed. Okay. They're just kind of brushing it off. I mean like, yeah, whatever. Brushing it, it off. Is. Yeah. So this completely knocked 
Annie's family, who at this point just felt like they were finding this huge or fighting this huge uphill battle. And the Scottish police had no interest in hearing any opinions and they didn't agree with their own. Fuck. But their daughter was dead and they still had no answers to explain why. That's brutal. Annie's mother then came up with the idea to have a look at Annie's email account. Okay, okay. Hoping that something um, would be in there that could potentially bowl the case wide open. But when she logged into Annie's account and opened her mailbox... It was wiped. It was again completely cleared. Wow. Just like her phone records, Annie's entire mailbox, incoming and outcoming, everything gone. Wow. But I mean, okay, that one, some people do actually like are like pretty obsessed with clearing their inbox. Like I'm my freaking inbox right now is has 1700 unread messages, which oh, God. people would just barf. <laughs> God, I, I get to a hundred and then I have to go and clear shit. Well, I got 125 freaking messages today. So I clearly have to start unsubscribing to shit. No kidding. But anyway, I do think... The inbox being cleared makes kind of sense to me, but the outbox doesn't necessarily no. make sense because I don't know if people really. That's not something that's generally cleared. Because you kind of almost want to keep that. Yeah. So no one could figure out why and all, uh, why any and all the information that should have been very black and white and usually key evidence in investigations kept coming up blank. Oh, and I can tell you why. Because someone fucking deleted it. I know. Because it was, it wasn't just like fuzzy, like it was just like entirely missing this year, right? So that was until Annie's best friend connected a few dots that took this case to a whole new level. Oh shit. I am on the edge of my seat. (laughs) So her friend's name was Maria. She found an American investigative journalist by the name of Christina Boryesen who wrote several highly critical articles about American policies. Wait, she had the same last name as Annie? Yeah. Oh, was it like a sibling? Just wait. Okay, okay, you, sorry. You, can, you can't just wait, hey. Sorry. <laughs> well, you it just seemed like you were going to just blow past the same last name. Oh, I'm not blowing past that. So the coincidence of both Annie and Christina sharing a last name can be look, overlooked at first. Like people share the same last name. Yeah. But a lot more than just a family name ties these two younger women together. Annie's middle name was Christina. So she was Annie Christina Boryesen. And the last article that American journalist Christina Boryesen wrote about involved Scotland and one particular place in Scotland, the Presswick Airport. The article investigated and criticized Scotland for allowing American planes carrying criminals on their way to places where they could legally torture for information to land and refuel in this airport. The same airport that Annie traveled back and forth in Sweden, or back and forth to Sweden from, and the airport that was only a mile from where Annie's body was found. And we'll bounce back to more about Christina shortly. I'm going to leave you hanging here. Oh, for fuck's sakes. But first, Annie had allegedly visited the airport the day before her body was found. So we're kind of like going to December 3rd right now. Okay. Annie was found on Sunday, December 4th. So it can be assumed that she was at the airport on December 3rd to catch a flight home. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Annie's family knew exactly when she was coming home. But we do know they were expecting her sometime around this time. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And she had her appointment with her hairdresser on Monday, library books to return, and she had her passport with her. And a check for three? 300 bucks. Oh, 300. Okay. 300 pounds. Pounds. Sorry, pounds. She went to the central station where she tried to take money out of an ATM twice. I think she tried to take 100 bucks first and then 50 bucks, but both times she didn't have enough money in her account for the transaction to go through. The leading theory is that Annie was trying to get money out so that she could buy her plane ticket back home. And remember, she had this uncashed check for 300 pounds on her. So why didn't she cash the check if she didn't have enough money in cash to buy her plane ticket? Well, I mean, if you cash a check at an ATM, it's going to be held for like three to five days, isn't it? It could, but I think if you like go in, you can probably get the funds. Maybe they were closed. Yeah, but if she's at the airport. She wasn't at the airport yet. She went to the bank. Okay, gotcha. So she was like at these ATMs. But she was unsuccessful in in getting money. Mm -hmm. So then Annie caught the bus from the central station and headed straight to the airport where she was caught on CCTV footage. According to the footage, Annie was at the airport a total of five minutes before she left, taking a totally different route. She didn't try to buy a ticket. She didn't really do anything. She sort of arrived at the airport and then left. Huh. Cameras showed her leaving the airport through the short-stay car park, suggesting that she planned on walking back into town instead of taking the bus. And it was it was this, or sorry, and this is where things got tricky again. Like okay. it's just, we're just all over a place here. Her family stated that the CCTV from the airport showed images of Annie looking angry, like she did not look happy. So they speculated if maybe she was perhaps planning to meet someone there and they didn't show. And this is a side note that I haven't mentioned yet. One thing is that before Annie died, she had mentioned to her dad that she was going to get married. But that's all we know about that. Now you just dropped this fucking bomb on us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What the fuck? So I think Um, some people are like, maybe she was going to be meeting her future husband at the airport and like they were going to be going home together, but then he didn't show up. Or but who- she only waited five minutes. That's not like people are going to wait a lot longer than five yeah, minutes. Yeah, you would. I'm, I'm unless they had messaged her or something, right? Yeah. But I mean, 2005 phones weren't as prevalent then. I think in 2005, you still had a phone. We were in high school and we had phones. I didn't have a phone in high school. My parents didn't have cell phones then. I got my first phone, I think, in 2007. Really? I'm like pretty certain I had a phone in 2005, 2006. A flip phone. (laughs) I got my first, the old school Nokia phone um, when I got my first job at that sawmill um, because I was on call and I needed a way to make sure Um, I was available for on call. And that's when I got my phone. Honestly, those were the good old days. Yeah. Because the fact that you just have to be readily fucking available at any moment now sucks. For anyone all the time. Like sucks. Yeah. (laughs) That's my uh, TED talk. (laughs) Okay. So back to the airport. According, and this kind of gets a little bit confusing. So I'm trying to like word it so it's not. But according to the timestamps, Annie could have only reached... The area she was spotted going into the airport to when she was seen leaving the exact time frame that the timestamp on the footage said she had if she had been running. Oh. 
but the footage shows Annie carrying her bag and walking completely normal. And people had gone back and like tried to redo this. And yeah, to, to do, to get to where she was, you had to been like running. From like basically gate to gate sort of thing, right? Kind of, okay. yeah. Wow. So Annie left the airport at 1515 and according to more CCTV analysis, was believed to be seen again at 1605 at Station Road. And they can only say believe because the footage doesn't actually show the woman's face but she has the same backpack as Annie. And that was enough for the police to determine that it was Annie. So the thing is like, they're just assuming shit. Yeah, they are. Like a lot of people have the same backpack. They don't make one of something. Yeah. So just 20 minutes after Annie was supposedly at station road, two men reported seeing someone standing on the beach. The person had their hood up and the men couldn't say if it had been a man or a woman only that they seemed to be standing eerily still while staring out at the water. The men left the person alone and continued their walk along the beach, but when they were in, on their way back, this person was still standing there, just watching the water. The investigators determined from the report that this person was Annie, and this was her amping herself up to commit suicide. Fuck that. I'm sorry. I've sat there watching water a lot. I know. What if you were just like a... And they had no idea if this person was like a man or woman or yeah. anything. I freaking love the ocean. Yeah. So I could stand there for a while and just watch. Could you imagine if it's like everyone who just stood there watching a scenic um, landscape of some sort was just assumed that, oh, they're about to commit suicide. Yeah. Like, um, I'm pretty sure that's damn near the fucking opposite. When I'm like, I need to get out of this like depression state, I'm going to go look at something and relax, you know? Yeah. And just like, oh man, how can I... Get out of the situation. You're going to go to somewhere that's really beautiful and just take some deep breaths and just like try to get back, get back on your groove. Exactly. So. So I, I no, I do not subscribe to that, that yeah. idea at all. So what exactly was Annie doing that day? And had the footage at the airport been altered or was there something missing from it altogether? Had Annie been there to try to buy a ticket or had she been there for some other reason? Now, to bounce back to Christina Boryesen, there's two theories there. The first one being that Annie herself was actually Christina. Okay, wait, what? So that Annie was actually this writer, Christina. That's like, okay. that's one very far out theory that some reports do say I don't I don't technically believe that but they're saying these two people were actually the same person and that Annie was actually like a, the journalist writing these stories okay but do they know who Christina is today yes I believe they do so I don't think that that theory makes any sense but I did read it so I was like I'm gonna put it in here okay yeah I'm pretty sure the family would be like yeah that's not our daughter so the more common <laughs> theory though is that this was a case of mistaken identity. And this makes sense to me. And that Annie was mistaken to be Christina. And being that Christina had written an article on a pretty hot topic involving politics, perhaps security services believed Annie was in Scotland to investigate the airport. Yeah. And she attracted some unwanted attention that went south. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's very plausible, actually. I can I can totally see that. If only Annie's 
Bilofax could be found, which from what I can tell is just like a planner. I don't know. Have you heard that? Bilofax? Uh, no, can't say I have. I think, yeah, I think it might be <clears throat> kind of from over there. So her, her Filoflax and fleece jacket were the only two items missing from Annie's bag. Within her Filoflax, Annie would have kept all her documentation together. Her ID, her money, and more importantly, Annie used it to keep detailed notes about her days. So her travel plans, maybe even contact information for this mysterious man who called himself Martin Leslie. Okay. The folder was believed by Annie's family to have the answers to many unknown questions, but unfortunately, it was never discovered. But it was also never really searched for. Like they kind of thought they should have got the Coast Guards or something to search within the waters for this, but like nothing like that happened. Fuck. Okay. So now the last thing we'll basically touch on is Annie's body being returned to Sweden so her family could bury her there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were finally able to get their hands on some physical evidence to prove that their daughter didn't commit suicide. This was their hope. The first thing was that the Swedish undertaker, do you know what that is? Well, I know what an undertaker is, yeah. So if you're not familiar with the term, I wasn't. An undertaker is basically like a funeral home operator. So someone who prepares bodies for burial. I learned what an undertaker was at a really young age. Really? I had never heard about ever really? referred to that. Well, as a kid, I, I watched a bit of wrestling. There was a wrestler named The Undertaker. Oh, my god! And gosh. I learned what it was because of him. I'm not like a huge fan of wrestling, but that's a terrific name for a wrestler. <laughs> Isn't it? Like it doesn't actually get better than yeah, that. Yeah, no, he was, he was like <laughs> super goth and badass. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was times he would like come out in a coffin and shit. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wow, like really went with that title. Oh, fuck yeah, he did. Okay. So the undertaker, now I just can't think of this without thinking of that, (laughs) took one look at Annie's autopsy report and said the injuries stated in the report did not match with what they were seeing on her body. They claimed she had several bruises that seemed to be um, incurred while she was still alive, which the autopsy in Scotland hadn't recorded. Even when taking bruising and discoloration that happens after death into account, they couldn't see why the massive bruise on the side, right arm, and behind the ear that was larger than described hadn't been included in the report or looked at, at looked into at all. Yeah, I, I fucking, I, I said it I, at the beginning. I'm sorry. I basically did. What did you say? With again? those bruises, I was really suspect of those bruises. Oh, okay. Like, you know, the importance of them in like yeah. post-mortem or whatever. So, I mean, and the thing is, like, I, the undertaker would know so much, but then also, it would they have, it's not like a... Like a full-on autopsy yeah, thing, yeah. Right? So, these findings only gave Annie's friends and family new hope that her case maybe could be reopened, right? And deemed not a suicide. But no. Really? No. Fuck. The family re- even reached out to the Swedish police, so their own police, and begged for help with trying to figure out what happened to Annie. And though sympathetic, Swedish police told Annie's family that there was no way they could launch a separate investigation into Annie's death without jeopardizing Sweden's relationship with a foreign company. Or country. What the fuck's a country? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I can I can totally understand I that. can kind of understand that too. But gosh, this family just is like. Fucked. Yeah. Like there's. No closure. Nothing. Yeah. And that's basically that. The Scottish people certainly wanted answers almost as much as that 
as Annie's family did. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure everyone does. So much so that an anonymous, anonymous person had placed a plaque on Preswick Bay that read, Annie Boryessen, born January 7th, 1975, found dead December 4th, 2005. Her loved ones never found out how or why. A blot on Scotland's reputation for fairness. Wow. And that, so that's a plot that's there, a plague or yeah. Plaque. Plaque. <laughs> wow. Good thing we're wrap, wrapping up here, right? It's a, no kidding. It's a roller coaster. Uh, so since Annie's death, her mother hasn't given up. She can't, she's campaigned relentlessly for official, for an official inquest into her daughter's death, including presenting a 3000 signature petition to the Scottish parliament at the end of 2013. In regards to Scotland, she said, this is a beautiful country with lovely and caring people. Please do not leave them and our family with all these unanswered questions. All we want is a fatal accident inquiry into Annie's mysterious death. Please let us know why Annie had to die in the country she loved. Apparently, too, there is a documentary in the works to cover Annie's story. I came across a few articles from this past summer stating that a new four-part series on the case called Body on the Beach is being made. I couldn't find the details on when it was expected to be released, but apparently it will present new evidence on the case so if we hear anything in regards to it, we will definitely let you know. Oh, snap. Yeah. So that's that. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Um, so what do you think? So basically we have suicide. I mean, we do. She was going through some. She did seem like she was ha- she was going through something, right? Yeah. But I mean, when some people aren't always open about their emotions and what they're going through. They, the people can be very private about things. They can, and they can, and some people are very good at hiding shit like yeah. that. So that could have simply been, I mean, she potentially was getting married. So it could have been that she was just really trying to be quiet about this and not say anything when she got home, which is why she seemed weird. Like it could have been a surprise or something. Yeah. So it could have been something positive even who knows. Right. Yeah. Um, my full theory is I do think that her and Christina got mixed up. And I think whoever this was, this mysterious individual, this sexual predator, as she labeled them, um, was behind it. I think there was at least two individuals, one that was corroborating with them, who was the potential um, fiance, and then the second individual who was the potential sex predator. I think they were corroborating, thinking she was Christina, trying to get within her life and get to the right point in time where they could dispose of her because of potentially what she could do for their business or whatever their business may be or what they're involved with. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to get rid of her for any potential trouble she may caused, not realizing they had the wrong person. They may have gotten rid of her and realized it was the wrong person and were just trying to cover their tracks on being like, oh shit, we got the wrong person. Or they could have just gotten rid of her and covered their tracks regardless and cleaned their hands of it and realized later after the fact. But either way, I think two or more individuals were involved, confused her with the wrong person, and she was subject to uh, just a misfortunate understanding. Yeah. I know, because it seems a lot of, even the investigations, it all just seems a little fishy, like that they're not digging in deep and just things are yeah. are not 
I don't know. I'm like not- some like things are being covered up almost. Not saying that the investigators are doing that, but something is fishy in in this whole thing. I'm not sold that it's a government conspiracy kind of cover up. The police are are hiding something. I'm not sold on that because people all over just don't do their job on a day-to-day basis, no matter the fucking role. People Mm -hmm. get complacent. They become desensitized to their job and they almost just don't care anymore. So I'm not convinced that it's someone's covering something up. I'm thinking that someone's like, eh, it's suicide. They're just convincing themselves it's suicide and they're just washing their hands of it. Yeah. And now that new evidence is coming out, they just have to stand their ground on it. Be like, no, we stand by what we said. It's suicide. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be over this and move on. But they just, it's such a misunfortunate, miss, it's such an unfortunate situation that this oversight on whoever made that call, it keeps coming back to haunt them and they just have to keep holding their ground. Yeah. And what's super unfortunate is that the family, I mean, this was in 2005 and they have, they have not gotten any answers and they're trying, like, this just must be exhausting to them, like exhausting and and just so sad. So I feel like this case was kind of all over the place and it's so much information, but it was also one that I felt like should be out there. And I really, really hope this documentary comes out and that maybe it has does have new new findings and that maybe that this can be closed because that would be amazing oh it would be and the difficult thing with like mysterious or unknown cases that don't have an answer we don't know what happened so there's no real storyline to follow Mm -hmm. it's just pick all the information we can and put it in best chronological order yeah so sometimes it seems all over the place because that's that's all we have yeah well, I mean, her final days, they were, it was very mysterious, like what was going on. And then I think things, she seemed like she was places where she wasn't and, and yeah, because the investigation wasn't really super thorough. So it was just, I don't know, this case is going to actually haunt me a little bit because yeah. like I, I, it's, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, well, well done on that. Um, if you guys want to go check out our social medias or anything, all of our links are in the description of this podcast. We got Patreon, where you can head over, support us, get some behind the scenes content and exclusive episodes that come out the last day of every month. Um, we just uh, created a new Discord chat. So you can head over, to, head over to Patreon and get signed up and join us on Discord. We can just chat with us on a day-to-day basis. Um, I just actually, even while Nicole was doing this podcast i just uploaded a photo of our dog ripley sleeping wow that's why you're on the phone that's eh? why i was on my phone well she was sleeping she was curled up and she had her little stuffed beer bottle (laughs) it looked like she was passed out from just drinking too much so uh so yeah you can get that sort of stuff um but of course no pressure if you just want to be here chatting with us as you're listening to the podcast that's totally cool too we appreciate it just the same we do um yeah anything else i think that's it i think that's totally it yeah yeah all right Well, we appreciate you guys being here, and until next episode, stay wicked. Mm